Hello, this is Warren from Driving While Awesome, and I've been thinking a lot about dads and grads. Oh, have you? June's around the corner. Are you graduating? Spring has sprung. I myself am not graduating, but I feel like if you were graduating, what are you going to wear under that cap and gown? A shirt, perhaps? Oh, so you're saying you're saying the graduates should wear clothes clothes underneath underneath and then someone's out there with the video recorder Mm -hmm. maybe they're filming from afar they can't be naked they gotta wear a shirt yeah and why not a heel and toe apparel shirt heel and toe apparel i'm a fan oh you're wearing one of their shirts right now wearing one right now oh my god they you're practicing what you preach i absolutely am and you're wearing a heel and toe hat I wouldn't. I wouldn't mess around. No, this, this is like real. Actually, I'm just noticing this stuff. I'm like this calling is 100% stuff out. True. Yeah. Um, incredibly comfortable hat, shirt. Mm-hmm. They make sweatshirts, etc. Yeah. And right now, there's a promo code you can use at heelandtoeapparel.com. Yeah, heelandtoeapparel.com forward slash dwa25, and that gets you. Guess what? Twenty five percent off. That's and, a pretty good savings. And they are, they're killer shirts. They're super comfortable. They make hoodies, sweatshirts, hats. Our friend Jerusif, Drew, I have not seen him without his heel and toe apparel hat on since he bought it. He had it surgically in. I think he did. It's um, a. I think the bottom line is we don't want you naked if you're grabbing. Oh, so that's the point. Okay. Yeah. So you should take advantage. Mm-hmm. Get a shirt or two. Yep. Get your mom a sweatshirt. Get your sister a shirt. Uh-huh. Get your uncle a hat. Yeah. And just do it like that. Yeah. Buy it all for your dad and everything for Father's Day and for all those grads in your life. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Do it. Heal into apparel. Dot com forward slash DWA 25. See ya. It's a driving while awesome podcast radio hour. <laughs> oh, God. Yo. Do you guys know what a fluffer is? GTO Mellow Grinds. Oh, I got a PT Cruiser. It's a convertible. It's really cool. Oh, this smells of crayons for you. <laughs> hey, YOLO. You only have one life. Do you have coilovers? No, Hi. beat it. Yeah, I'd say that's a pretty good podcast right there. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, I screwed it up. <laughs> we got some really sexy, ultra sensitive iRig mics, uh, Lane and I do. So we're going to. Compare them to what uh, the Whamster is rocking over there because that's a really sexy mic as well. I this feel is. like you're being very gentle in the way you're talking right now. Like I you're, am? All, you're being like conservative. Am I being like uh, like like NPR. smooth jams at yeah. 94.3? You ever thought about going to a jazz radio station? I was thinking about it just, just now. I think you should. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome to Driving While Awesome. My name is Warren. My name is Art. And my name is Lane. We are without Brian Racing McQueen. Well, yes. McQueen Racing, the legendary McQueen family. <laughs> that's right. Um, cousins of Steve McQueen. No, I don't know if that's true. Uh, Brian is in Europe for the next two months. You heard it here first. 78 weeks, he said. <laughs> Uh, well he told me initially he said i'm going to europe for eight weeks i'm like you mean two months oh yeah i guess so okay Uh, um so he's going to ultimately spain i think he's in paris right now and then um 
He's going to be our, our field correspondent from the Nurburgring, I believe. So yeah. we'll hear from him. I think he's going to try to jump on some podcasts when possible, but it's like 4 or 5 a.m. for him. So obviously it'll be a little difficult. But um, anyways, fear not, Brian fans. He's still with us just across the pond. Mm-hmm. And if you happen to be in Spain, hit him up. Yes, Holler. someone already did hit him up uh, in Paris. It was uh, parked cars in Paris. Parked in Paris or parked, yeah. If, if someone was there, so yes. Yeah, did anyone respond to them? I did, yeah. I just said, uh, Brian is, and I said, at McQueen Racing. Oh, okay, cool. So, this is the Thursday edition. We have a lot of questions. <clears throat> That's right. This is the episode where we ask questions of our listeners via Instagram. And we try our best to answer them. I, we hope you enjoy it. We don't know what we're talking about. No, we don't know. We're not really experts. Kind of goes on tangents. Yeah, so no. We'll do our best. We'll probably get to that one. Um, should we get to it? <laughs> Which one? It. No, I just read the first one and it was... Oh, yeah, yeah, about you. Tom Zellick. Yeah. Uh, no, that's not the first one. That's, that's a hater question. I'm right so there. confused. I'm, like, I'm on top comments. Are you new comments? You got to do new comments. Dude, right? I hate this having... That I have to I don't like it customize it. Or new, new is gone. I don't want to have to customize it. I, I just want it to all be the same. Start, then I have to scroll up, too. It's not yeah. fun for me. No, it's not fun or funny. No. Thank you, Lane. You're right. Axel Jor, what are your thoughts on the whole racing gear for the street debate? As in, with a five or six point harness, you really need a roll cage because... If you roll over, your upper body and neck will not be able to bend, but then you need a helmet so your head doesn't hit the bars. Leave the racing gear for the racetrack, question mark? Yeah. I think in the case of a full cage, definitely, I would not want that on the street. It's silly. and Dangerous. Yeah, it's super dangerous, and then you basically can't ever have anyone in your car with you. Right. And if you're driving without a helmet, you're an idiot. Because, I mean, you're, gonna bash your head you're in an unsafe car to begin with, and then yeah. you get in any kind of accident, and you're going to slam your head against something. Yeah. yeah. Although I am a proponent of harness bars. if you Just like a little three-point harness. Is yeah, like, that's fine. Or four-point. But then you're getting rid of the back seat. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but I'm thinking like 944 or M-Coupe or something that has like tiny seats in the first place that you probably won't be using. Because, I mean, it's... Why do you want a harness bar? It's just so much nicer, like, to actually be cinched down uh, in a harness. Like, mm. I've had like an E36 M3, or actually it was a built 325 is but with that and one other car and it's great it's so if you're going on like a real drive yeah you, would you mean it. you but feel you have you still have the option of a three belt three yeah point. it's still there because the yeah. the worst thing is getting in someone's street car and they don't even have a three point and you have to use the stupid it. harnesses and three cars and they they don't you have to adjust them and stuff if you're yeah you know, exactly and like always, uh ruben's 964 yeah and it's always kind of a challenge to get in and out of them yeah, I'm not used to it. I'm sure you get used to it, of course. But yeah, but just like when people are getting in the car, then yeah. But who cares about people? <laughs> this isn't a people podcast. Yeah, are there other kind of race boy shit that you are into or not into in a car? Mm. Racing gear, you called it. Racing gear. Uh, we talked about squeaky brake pads. That's kind of annoying, oh, but yeah, that's I, more of a performance. I, I tolerate it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how about race pedals? Mm. I had it on my GTI. It came that way, and I, I don't think I would have done it myself. I put them on my little rabbit. Yeah, the motor pedals or whatever. Yep. Yeah. Mm. And uh, they get loose, and then you have to tighten them. And... I feel like I put mine on pretty well. Like, they never got loose. Like, I, mm. I locked tight them and everything. Yeah. But, uh, you know, at the time, I don't 
I don't remember, but I remember being like, oh, they're so cool. Of course. Like these yeah, aluminum pedals with holes. 18. I guess the yeah. only thing for me is if it improves like your heel toe ability. Mm-hmm. Like, cause like I, I just drove uh, Lane's car recently, the new GTI. And like for me, that was really awkward to heel toe cause the yeah. pedals feel really far apart. Yeah, they but if they are. Yeah. But if you have like that little extension at the bottom or something, like that's cool. Like, yeah. Like Ren, Ren line or whatever yeah, exactly. sells them for the Porsches. Yeah. Man, they really. When I see them in a car for sale, it rubs me the wrong way. Yeah, it's a popular option for a lot of the Porsches and stuff. I know that. Like, um, mm-hmm. it's like a popular mod that isn't frowned upon. I would say. Yeah. Like all these guys with their GT3s and stuff, they get the red line pedals, and uh, it's pretty like standard issue, you know. My 500 SEC came with a fire extinguisher. That's race gear. That's cool. <laughs> Southern Miami. I mean, Damn. how do we feel about that? <laughs> Uh, Jshu98, uh, I don't have a good question. I just want to say great work on the podcast and really helps me with my commute. Keep up the great work. Small question, I guess. Oh, so you do have a question. What would you take? A $9,000 Ford Festiva or nine $1,000 Ford Festiva? Well, we don't have any idiots on this podcast, so I think we'd all take the $9,000. Because then if you take the nine, you're just a weird Ford hoarder. A yeah. Hoarder. Yeah, I would love to hear Brian's explanation well, because he would I, totally choose that, right? Well, that's <laughs> what I was saying. You could, you could have your friends all have their own, and you'd have a spare cars that you could go rally yeah. through the quote-unquote woods, mm. wherever these wood roads are that are available to just rally cars through. Mm. They're everywhere, Warren. Just not around here. Um, yeah, but thank you for listening. Thank. You oh, back to the fire. Uh, fire. Fire extinguisher. Extinguisher. Fire hose. And the 500 SEC. I think uh, that all spawns from the dude that owned it. it was a track guy. Yeah. You know, he was just a he was a oh, full on. He's OG, a ra- OG. He's yeah. an OG. He was a yeah, race yeah. race car driver. So yeah, yeah. That's just like Skinny McDougal. What was his name? Yeah, Skinny McDougal. You got yeah. it. I I think it's a Johnny C Stakes or something like that. Or jeez. That- <laughs> Asking Shark Media. If I were in the market for a NA944, is the C2 coupe worth the premium in price? He means S2. S2 yeah. That's what I thought. Uh, but uh, that's a that's a tough one. So the S2 is definitely um like that's where you get into like decent power. Like if you don't want total slow car fast. Then so what's the drawback of S2? The drawback is this that they're really rare and parts are hard to come by and stuff like that. What so parts specifically, like, uh, the, engine, like the stuff in the engine, yeah. yeah. So like, um, so uh, those have like so they have a timing belt, mm-hmm. a timing chain as well, right? So they're like this. Aren't the cams driven? I, I can't remember. Yeah, that like, always throws me off. There's like two different things the going on. Cams are different. Like they have a cam because they have like the cam gears or whatever, right? And that that wears the. The little plastic, kind of like the BMWs, Tensioner. the tensioners wear those yeah. plastic. Oh yeah, yeah, the tensioners, yeah, yeah, guides. Yeah, yeah, Dude, yeah. yeah so, those. Yeah, I didn't realize that it's, it's a twin setup. Yeah, yeah, so it's a that's the whole thing. It's a dual overhead cam motor, balance and, belt. So it has a lot more stuff going on. Yeah, but has two hundred eight horsepower as opposed as opposed to like one hundred and forty seven. Damn. Yeah, and so, if you're into the the later looks too, right? like the turbo looks, you get yeah, that. If yeah. you're if that's your thing. Uh, yeah. No, yeah. I think they're really cool. There was uh, Brad Brownell sent us one today. It was white 
and it sold for like 7500 bucks or something yeah i think there was a bigger premium like a few years ago but it seems to have settled now right like yeah, i mean I like know. i've been looking around like they're i actually really like um s2 cabs yeah, like, yeah i think they're super cool looking and they even with the with the hood or the hood <laughs> with the freaking uh with the top up they kind of have like a speedster s look they which do kind of low cool. windshield yeah. um and so i don't know i mean i think they're definitely interesting cars um and I noticed, I don't know if this is like a, 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 a an actual fact, but it seems like a lot of them came equipped with an LSD and with like MO30 yeah, suspension, yeah. more so than the earlier cars. Oh, I'd say so, because yeah. they were definitely getting into that. Like, the cars were more fully loaded. They were selling less cars, so mm-hmm. they were kind of... They they were trying harder to sell them, and they were just more spec'd out, I think. Yeah, so you uh, do end up getting those things. Where, I, I think like, it's totally it's, worth it. I mean, yeah, yeah it's I cool. think it's worth it for sure. Yeah. Tom's Ellick. Is Art aware that he frequently begins sentences with yeah, no, or sometimes no, yeah? Yeah. No. Yeah, no, but... Uh, <laughs> I think it's it's usually no, yeah. a... Is it a yeah, no, but? It could be. Or it could be no, yeah, I don't know. Well, don't totally, know. totally, maybe, probably, but... <laughs> maybe. Kind of. No, yeah. Yeah. Or am I, is it just me being, like, swift on my toes just in case I need to pivot? Is that what's happening? What are you, a politician? <laughs> <laughs> I like that a lot of people like that 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 comment too. That's great. Five likes. Five likes, dude. Uh, a lot. Tom's droves. We are aware. Art is aware. We're trying. We're trying. Art Chen. Eleven ninety nine foundation plate frames. Do they say I'm philanthropic or I'm a douchebag? Um it, they definitely don't say that you're philanthropic. To me, it just looks like you can afford to get away with a lot more. Yes. <laughs> 2500 bucks is the cheapest one. Oh, yeah? Yeah. It does come I'd... with a metal placard that goes in your wallet. Uh-huh. Which is essential, right? Because you, you, if you get pulled over, you got to show that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, you could have just had the plates from the old owner, stolen the license. The I heard there was like fake, like a counterfeit ones too and yeah, stuff. For those bit. out of California, you may not be aware, but there's a, a foundation set up for fallen officers of the California Highway Patrol that will you know pay for expenses and whatnot uh for the family left behind and it's expensive to join this foundation 2500 bucks i think the top one is like 50 grand wow comes the leather jacket oh sweet by the way. <laughs> what color is that plate frame <laughs> dude i don't know but um i think you could basically murder that's, like four children and still just drive off that's made out of elephant tusks <laughs> probably wow <laughs> elephant hide wow yeah i think i don't think it i don't think it says that i think it's more it is more about just you you have money to you know get away with speeding yes yeah i mean i guess it'd be one thing if you never sped and you were a CHP 1199 member. Uh-huh. Or you just threw the license plate frame away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Damn. That, that would be baller. Yeah. That's still on throttle. I have seen that, though, like on just like a like a Lexus SUV I or something. Minivan or yeah, something minivan. Yeah, so that's so that's philanthropic. Yeah. Um, My buddy Serb has it on his RX Lexus, and he does speed. He's gotten away with a few. Like, yeah? Not like crazy. I feel like it doesn't work as much. I think it, it works for the... You know, you're going 85 and a 70. Uh huh. Okay, like cut it out kind mm-hmm. of thing. But I don't think you're going to get away with just straight. I remember for and... like maybe like 15 years ago, I feel like they were really rare. And it was kind of like a total, it was a get out of jail free card. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. What uh, car are you putting it on, Chen? <laughs> yeah, really. When are you buying yours? Alex Stadel. Going to be getting some Group B replica panels for the RX7 rally car. 
for rear overfenders, do people trim back the OEM panel at all or just leave it and extend the wheel well out to meet the edge of the overfenders? Uh-huh. Yeah. Is he... That well, depends I mean, they, on... I mean, I would say all the cases that I've seen, they cut the fenders. You radius it, right, typically? Yeah, you have to... You cut out, fence. like, yeah. you cut three inches or whatever it is because basically your tire is going to be like... I mean, depending on how wide you're going, but, you know, three to six inches out from that original fender. So you need that, that however much your suspension articulates, you need it that much room. Yeah. yeah. I so, mean, I was thinking that, like, his car seems like it's really, like, lifted. And so depending on the suspension setup, if it's, like, if he has enough travel and if it's stiff enough to, like, actually, like, compensate yeah. for that, then he might not have to. But I think the smart move here, especially for a race car, who cares, right? Like, yeah, just yeah. cut it. Like, radius it. You have more clearance. Uh, but you do have to treat it. I mean, you have to finish it correctly and, like, seal it and, like, weld it up so that you don't end up rusting out your car. Well, but. yeah, sometimes it's two layers mm-hmm. and you'd have to weld those two layers together. Like, a 944, I would imagine, is kind of hard because it is the it's a double walled fender and the fender the inner inner fender from the outer fender ends up being like an inch apart yeah depending on how high you cut up mm. so then you'd have to like weld tab weld a filler panel and then you'd have to prime it work. and and epoxy prime you know and all this stuff and yep. paint it and stuff uh where i th- but i think a lot of old cars like i i'm guessing like an old rx7 it's one panel mm-hmm. and you just straight up cut it you put a little rust inhibitor on it and call it a day right okay racing ali are car clubs becoming obsolete as a longtime member of the bmw car club of america and pca i feel like the membership has little to no value <laughs> The events are boring, and the magazines are full of crappy ads, and usually go straight from my mailbox to the recycling bin. I feel you. Yeah, dude, it's kind of. I mean, even twenty years ago when I was a member of PCA, I mean, it was really just looking at the classifieds at the back, and then kind of moving on. And now the classifieds are dead. So what do you really have to? And then, and then the local chapters are the worst. It's like you want to see what eighty-year-old people do on a on a Sunday. Yeah. Like on their Sunday the, cruises. The events aren't something special, then what are you really gaining? Yeah. Yeah. You th- the only thing you do gain is like the occasional the occasional discount here and there for like oh, parts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I've used that before. Uh, yeah, but, I use that too. but outside of that, yeah, it's like, I mean, you, you know, I, I know <laughs> the local, uh, one of the local BMW CCA, um, organizers listens to our show and um it's just yeah it, but it is what lane's describing though it's like basically you know it's like a little gathering here and there they go on a drive up and up to napa together and have lunch somewhere it's like yeah. and it's not the stuff that we're really into like i mean like yeah. we like rallies and stuff and actually going out and driving our cars not just going on a little sunday cruise um like in that way <laughs> we also like variety so uh, mm-hmm. and that's so, the next thing if it's you like join a car club join driving awesome yeah uh, you don't need to join though. You just hang out. Uh, just join us. But you know, <laughs> when you see us driving the, or, or going out somewhere, the other benefits, I guess, are like if you're where we are, say, and you're into Porsches, you can go to the uh, Ren Sport Reunion or whatever the one at Laguna Seca, and that basically, I think you can't get pit passes to park there unless you are a member. So then you can get the three day tickets for cheaper, and you get to park. 
Like in the Porsche down in the Porsche yeah. Corral yeah. and stuff. Yeah. But that's really the only benefit. I mean, that and, you know, the magazine, if, if you're into that, which Panorama, or is it Panorama? Yeah. yeah. Panorama is actually pretty good. Like, they've kind of stepped. I don't know how it is now, but for a while there, they were trying to step up their game. Yeah, Roundel is fine for BMW CCA, but the problem is that, like, a lot of the stuff and this is what sucks about like print you know it's like these guys are putting a lot of effort into writing good articles and everything yeah. but like by the time you get it it's already a couple like a month old like it, that information yeah. you've read multiple times right online somewhere yeah. you've had these conversations with people that have even driven those cars right so it's like that's where it gets a little and uh, these organizations kind of like, like bmw cca does have a website now and they do articles for the website and stuff mm-hmm. so that is something but for the most part you know but it's yeah. not super expensive. I mean, like... Yeah, it's, what, 50 bucks a year or yeah, something? Yeah, I'm still a BMW CCA member. I mean, it just because, like, it's worth it for me for the discount. It's already paid for itself, like, this year, you know? Like, for, mm-hmm. like, MCOOP parts. So, like, I don't know. I mean, it's, like... I don't know. It's it's also, like, there seems to be other resources there that we're not tapping into, I think. Like, in, in terms of, like, networking and connecting. And, like, you can reach out to whatever member out Maybe, there. And yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking. I'm, I think yeah. there is that odd, <laughs> that odd encounter where you go to a meet or uh, some event. And there are there's a really cool car and a great owner. And, and that kind of pays for itself in some way. You know, like, mm. oh, you wouldn't have had that experience otherwise. But... I think there's so much other stuff going on, especially without being a member. Uh, I mean, there's so many cars and coffees, yeah. and little car shows. And I mean, we're busy enough just doing stuff completely free of any car club. And it's kind of gone full circle. That's what they're doing now. You know, like BMW CCA is holding their own cars and coffees now. For and like autocrosses and stuff. Yeah. The, the autocrosses are actually great. Like that's, that's, I think that's a pretty, valuable Oh, that's thing. actually a valuable yeah, thing. And one thing that's really cool about those is like, especially in our region, like for people that uh, want autocross in Northern California, is uh the the bmw cca autocrosses offer like eight to ten runs for autocross which is not the case for like scca and a lot of other organizations they're only like four you're stoked if you get four yeah Yeah. so um so that's pretty cool um that's a benefit throttle grotto asks time to gamble craigslist 500 gambler special which vehicle do you take on a gambler 500 Whatever vehicle is available for $500. Yeah, I'd say. I think we've answered this before. and I think we came up with like Volvo 740 would be a good one. Yeah, rear drive. Yeah. Pretty tough. What Mm -hmm. about 242? Even earlier, like more simple. That would would do well. Finding a $500 242, but yeah. It's like a rusted out one. No. No? No. That's the thing. The 740s are easy to to come by. Is what you'd get for $500. Um, Which is fine. Yeah. I just think that comes down to availability, right? Uh, D Philly, you all are building an overland vehicle for weekend camping and distance road trips. What's everyone's vehicle of choice along with maybe some mentionable mods? Keep up the great work. The podcast is getting me through my summer job delivering at AutoZone. Whoa, sweet. Dude, hang in there, bud. Get in the zone. AutoZone. Um, I'm going to say... Uh, Toyota Sequoia first gen. Uh, they're incredibly affordable. Six grand, you can get one. Bulletproof V8 and transmission from a Tundra. Take the seats out. You can build a bed and storage. They're pretty incognito. They're easy to drive. Super reliable. So that's my first criteria. And four wheel drive. Um, kind of bang for the buck. It's mm. not the most sexy option, but it's a real. Yeah, they look sure. cool when they're all outfitted and yeah. stuff. Yeah, exactly. That's what uh, the Kita. Yep. So expensive, 
wind door door lock mechanisms or something what yeah. was that oh it's the regulators yeah. the window regulators yeah, were like unique right mm-hmm. to those cars wasn't something like 600 bucks for I think they needed a rear hatch rear hatch latch and yeah it's expensive hard to get to yeah because <laughs> it was broken closed or something mm-hmm. but um yeah you know those are those are really good and i think you get like 85 percent of all the capability of a land cruiser i bet more than that even right i mean unless you're really going for it like way out there and uh, some crazy rock climbing stuff or, yeah you're gonna be fine and, and you then, get it for half price oh way less less a third yeah mm-hmm. yeah for same for same yeah and uh, so you get the best one in the world for like the cheapest yeah, land cruiser and if you get like the xle or whatever it is with leather um limited i think and uh you know, nice stereo and heated seats and all that stuff. Um, that's that's pretty rad. And they they don't really like draw that much attention. So mm-hmm. I think that's my choice. Mm. Uh, I would go GX four seventy Rube lifestyle with a it went throw a tent, a tent on top like a Tapui as well for the trips. And I'll remove it when I'm driving around town just so Warren doesn't give me shit. Um, but I mean, they're obviously proven. I mean, they're capable. There's a lot of aftermarket support to actually make them even more so capable. Air suspension is your one. Well, you can scrap that right away, right? Like I mean, Ruben did that already. That's so it's not cheap, but yeah, yeah. Uh, he didn't do it on purpose. Right. Yeah. He did it right away because it broke right away. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but um, isn't that an option though? It's not by default that you get no, the air. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So I'll delete that. <laughs> and because okay. I, I would want to lift it, do Why like. Why wouldn't you just go Forerunner? Big knobbies. Uh, because. Uh, the car in which it's based. Well, the Forerunner has a different, like, so the chassis is lowered on the GX470. So you have a lower center of gravity, which gives you, and also gives you more interior space. So that's one thing I'm thinking about, like, space it in the Does back. it give you more interior space? It does. Yeah, and you also look way sexier. I think they look really cool. Yeah, and I don't know. You get all. I mean, it's it's a better interior, like a better place to be. Yeah, I mean that's the thing I would look at with that. Yeah, the uh, foreigners have always bugged me with how cramped they are inside. Totally low floors. Low floors, man. High floors. floors. Yeah, that's what it is. High floors. So maybe the GX four seventies a little better. Yeah, that's what they did. Adding an inch or two would help a lot. I would guess. Mm Um, yeah, I'd totally just do like a land, um, um, Range Rover. Yeah. <laughs> a land. I'd like drive it and then it would break. Um, I don't know. Uh, you should do it. I don't really have a good answer. You for should this. answer for Brian. How about a Mazda MPV on Nobbies? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my super low budget answer is Nissan Quest. You get the same V6 out of a Pathfinder. Oh, the minivan quest, yeah. yeah. And you could rig it pretty easily. They're super cheap for low mileage examples. People have rigged them, really? Like, I mean, they're, well, they're out there? I mean, I'm, I'm air quoting rigged, but yeah, the mm. bed in the back, basically. Mm. And, you know, you have all your gear and stuff. It's not really like uh-huh. you're not going to go conquer any mountains, but. I mean, couldn't you go like, I mean, aren't those uh, sports mobiles, right? The the Ford Econoline vans, essentially. Yeah. Like, couldn't you just get like an Econoline van and do some suspension on that? And yeah, but sort of... they never made a four wheel drive option. But there's a uh, company that converted them. You can find one of those quickly. They did in like in the late seventies, early eighties. I remember. Well, that's what you really want is a but late it's seventies. It's Econoline. yeah. It's like super rare. <laughs> isn't isn't that what the, my brother the O'Neill one? Yeah. yeah. That's a seventy nine. Oh, there you go. Yeah, so that's all we have. And uh, so that is not Radwood era, but I did tell him to come to Radwood in it. It's fine. Uh, but yeah, that thing's a four wheel drive, I believe, and yeah. it's all lifted up and stuff. And there's definitely people who've converted them, and they're out there. Um, they're not cheap. And then a sportsmobile converted one is really expensive. You don't need that. Yeah, you get big yeah. money in that. Yeah. yeah. Any big full size van, you're fine. Dodge is the most affordable one. 
Uh huh. Yeah. I vans suck though. Those big vans, like they all rattle like crazy. Yeah, they they don't just drive real well. Even if they're like three, I remember when they were like driving them. They're three years old, two years old. They felt so shitty. That's dude. why everyone does the insulation, wood floors. Oh uh, yeah. They they put wood paneling on the. You know, basically you make it a house if mm-hmm. you can. But that's kind of why I like the Sequoia option because you get enough utility, like space. That's a roomy. Yeah, those are big. Yeah, big, they're right? big, yeah. And then uh, they drive great, super mm-hmm. comfortable and easy to drive. So, yeah. So what was that? That question was for my family. Uh, you are all building an overland vehicle huh. for camping. Huh. Yeah. Well, yeah, family four is a little different question. Expedition. Yeah. Oh, expedition. Yeah, excursion. Hmm. Excursion. That's what you want. No, I don't want it. I don't know. I don't know. That's not, that's not the question for me. Kyle JF90, if DWA was invited to the royal wedding, what cars <laughs> would you guys arrive in to, that honor Britain and inject uh, a bit of your signature flair? Oh. Uh, hmm. My signature flair, eh? Going, uh, Bentley... Continental R type 1965. That's the fastback two door uh-huh. manual transmission, uh, grand touring, awesome car. Okay. It's way too nice for DWA. About a million mm-hmm. dollar car, but that's my pick. Real wedding. Yo hole. Yeah. I'm going to go with an C4 Corvette. Uh, what's the Aston Martin? Oh, the badass. Like the V8 Vantage. Vantage. Yes. The the, the 80s. Yes. The muscular. Yeah, yeah. Muscular. Yeah. Just muscle cars. That's what I'm going with. Those are so awesome. I yeah. love those. They kind of yeah. have like a little, yeah, 67 Mustang E kind of vibe. Yep. Yeah. That's a good choice. Those are badass. Uh, I'm going to go with a Bowler. Or oh. Bowler. A Bowler? A Bowler. Yeah. You, yeah. Either a Nemesis or a Wildcat. I don't care. Whatever you got. <laughs> Wait, I'm making Ooh, How about a Cheetah? Uh, I would probably go with the Nemesis though. It's got the more like the like the Ranger HSC headlights. So um, uh-huh. just ridiculous, super capable rally machine. Uh, Royal wedding. Royal wedding. He said, <laughs> what, "Show up with your your yeah, sense your of flair, right?" And what would Brian go with? C4 Corvette. <laughs> What's the C4 Corvette equivalent? Oh, like an XJ, like a TVR. Beat. Oh, TVR, like falling apart Sh- panels, plasticky TVR, um, which is kind of like. Goes without saying, right? Yeah. I always forget. Is it Cerbera or Cherbera? One of those. <laughs> Cherbera. Exactly. <laughs> Nicholas Roche. Mm-hmm. What's the DWA expert opinion on Magnus Walker? <laughs> I just watched the Petrolicious video on his 924 uh, Carrera GT, and I think he ruins everything. It's not clear to me why Ooh. this dude who looks like a Rasta homeless person... <laughs> And has no real automotive accomplishments, racing to yeah. executive beyond some wheel designs is considered a thing in the car world and is featured in lens flared videos every six minutes. End rant. It's pretty ru- funny. Ruins everything? What does that mean? Uh, well, he's saying because he modifies all these cars and kind of like he took that Carrera GT and he added, he painted the bottom of the car blue. Um, and it's a Carrera GT. Yeah. So it's like a super rad car. It's not That's a, a rad car. It's not a... 944 yeah uh my opinion of magnus changes like the wind (laughs) um right now i'm on an anti-magnus kick i think for a while i was like accepting of him and i was like oh whatever you know the for a while there i was like fuck you know at first i'm like oh this is cool he's kind of bringing light to all these 
Porsches. Then I'm like, fuck this light, you know, like, and, and then the guy was kind of annoying and he crashed, he crashed his car being a dick and ran into the, you know, it's like, I don't know. That was kind of a weird one. And then it's kind of like, oh, well, whatever he's doing his own thing. But now the more you see it, it's always the same, like two sentences that he says, it's never any different. All the videos are exactly the same. It's like, uh, he's, you know, he's, he literally says the same thing in any, every one of those videos that 924 Petrolicious video is like one of the most boring videos I've ever seen. I haven't seen it yet. Uh, I mean, that's just typical Petrolicious these days too. So I don't know if that's me hating on Petrolicious or Magnus or both, but yeah, I can feel where you're coming from. I mean, you know, at this point it's, uh, he has his signature, I guess, but yeah, I can understand the hate because he doesn't necessarily like, do anything, really. Yeah, it's it's just like most things. It's the story, right? He's got like the cool rags to riches story, like, and that's like, and then also just it's very like a, it's kind of super unexpected, right? To see like that type of personality and then collecting the types of cars that he collects, like that whole like thing like that that kind of paradigm is what really got him to where he is right that's what made him famous you know yeah. it's like it's like not the stereotypical porsche owner right and like there are people like him who are into what we do and it's like that whole thing um well, I don't it's know. Like it kind of helped bring light to the now stereotypical porsche owner which is like the lifticult crowd right mm. more hipster kind of more not like the polo wearing Porsche crown. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know. If, I mean, he's, I think like, it's kind of weird, like just knowing him a little bit more beyond like what you see out there, but like he is legitimately into these cars, but I think he is kind of fallen into this weird sort of like a buddy of ours said that he's kind of like a, like a repeating tape or something or like a tape on loop, you know? And he's just like, you know, he's feeding into the Porsche machine thing and like, he's just doing this thing for them now. And, and he's, yeah, it's kind of getting redundant and like, it kind of sucks, but like, that's what he's doing. And he's, you know, keeps the lights on and whatever. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't necessarily hate him as a person and I, I don't think in general he ruins shit. But, uh, the one thing that, uh, really tripped me out is that, um, just like the nine, the nine nine six GT three fucking <laughs> modification oh, uh, yeah. or that treatment for that car is yeah. where things got really weird for me. Like, I mean, I think overall, like his aesthetic is is, is cool and interesting. I mean, and he really kind of spearheaded the whole rat rotty kind of urban outlaw thing or whatever. But like the nine nine six for me was just like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, yeah. I think <laughs> uh, I think the R group guys don't like him because they're like, we did this first kind of thing, and he popular popularized yeah, he, like, it. Yeah. Yeah, right yeah. yeah but i mean those guys are worse than him so say if he's rough on their feathers yeah exactly kind of all all powered to him yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah 62 merc if warren z30 needed a new motor and the factory m20 was not an option what motor swap would each of you pick hmm so not oem or it doesn't matter just it just says it needs a motor swap and I can't go with the original. I'd do E36 M3 motor, whatever that is. Wow, keep it simple and tidy, eh? Yeah, yeah why not? I feel like Six that's what Warren would do. <laughs> well, for, Dude, for, 240 horse. For price-wise, I would do that because it's It's available. cheap. It's 240 horse. It keeps an inline six. And it meets smog. It's it still a BMW. It meets smog. Like, that's the simplest solution. And, yeah. and that's a good motor. 
I like the M88, which is the straight six, mm. and the M1, another. Yeah, the E28 M5M. Yeah. It's older than my car, but it's not older than the E30. Like it's at the beginning of the E30s, you know, up upbringing. Mm. So that's so, what the 3.5. It's a 3.3, I think. Oh, okay. Uh, well, it five? depends. So the the first E28 M5 also had an M88 in it. Uh, yeah. So that's that's the same motor, right? Right. Uh, but I, I don't know, the like displacement, but um. Anyways, there's a. Wait, is that like independent throttle bodies? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. And this would never pass smog, but the, yeah. the exhaust is a work of art. So your your car is a ninety or eighty nine? Eighty nine, yeah. right? Okay, so yeah, that would be eighty. But that gets into time. like doing valve jobs and stuff like that oh, too. Yeah. I mean, it's more of like uh, if I can just snap my finger and have this okay. in there. It's it's like it. pretty to look at. It sounds cool. For sure, go with the next <laughs> generation of straight sixes from BMW because. But, I mean, that's what everyone does. It's a known known thing, and smog is possible. And, yeah. And you can get parts for them, and you can get the motors relatively inexpensive. Yeah, even like a 328 IS, I engine yeah. or whatever yeah. would be great, right? Yeah. Or even a 325, really, of an E36. Totally, totally yeah. fine. Good upgrade, all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's tried and true at this point. But yeah. I think I think M3 would be amazing. Give you an extra 80 yeah. horsepower. 240 would be well. Yeah. That thing would be insane. That's yeah. what Brian raced, right, at 24 hours of uh, Thunder yeah. Hill? Yeah. Yeah, that's a, it's a great setup. And apparently, you know, you can tune the suspension and the chassis to actually handle well. Like, I had my, my E30 M3 had that motor yeah. in it, and it was, like, They're just understeery. pretty, you know. Yeah. Even They're better than an M20. Yeah. <laughs> They're much better than yeah. an M20. Whoa, but they plasticky. What would you choose? Uh, I would go S2000 motor. Uh, really? Yeah, and I was thinking, you're going to kill me for this, I was thinking Battle of maybe, shift? maybe even doing a supercharged one. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. um, to give it low end? Just to give you meat everywhere. Not crazy high boost, just like, you know, really low boost, just to give you, like, a lot more meat anywhere, but still rip to nine grand. So let's call it 300 horsepower. Like I think that would be fucking epic, uh, and just you know, good chassis setup, good good rubber under there, wider tires, hmm. um, and and the the thing that I was picturing in my head is like trying to keep it looking as much as possible as the way it does now, you know, just like so it's still understated. It looks like your car, but just having more meat under there or stickier meat. Um, so yeah, like in a, in this fictional world that Michelin is already making those very wide, uh, right. fifteen inch uh, high performance tires. Right. Right. Michael Slevin, best and worst car fads of the last 10 years. Worst, best and worst. That's hard. What's, um, hard. so Stretch. Stretch is up is there. The, yeah, that's worst. Is the, probably years. the worst. Stance, Stretch and Stance is the worst. Yeah. Completely unusable cars. Mm-hmm. What else yeah. is the last 10 years, though? I feel like. Uh, how about, like, just, wraps. I mean. Oh, wraps. Oh, wraps. That's true. <laughs> wrapped like just really bad wraps. Michael Slevin's whole car is wrapped. But he has it done to a period correct theme where yeah. it's not a glitter golf ball. Yeah, that's true. So, so yeah, you're saying like the outlandish wraps. Oh, flat uh, flat paint jobs. Matte paint. Matte paint. How about black wheels? <sighs> yeah. Black wheels on some cars can work for me. Lane <laughs> yeah. says screw yeah. I mean, and I have black folks. But they have a silver lip, polished lip, man. And that was, that was like, what, whoa, what was that noise? That was me banging my head on the wall All thinking right. about this. Uh, how about rust? Do you remember the thing where people would just like rust their hoods? Yeah, was that ten years ago? Or was that earlier? Hmm. It's right around there, right? Probably, yeah. And also, um, how about like 
just the roof racks that no, never get used, oh, like all I the JDM stance, racks. like Euro Volkswagen guys. Terrible. They put the roof rack on with like taller, nothing. Yeah, on it. but is that ten years or is that like, like the last thirty years? Really, I feel like I had roof racks on my GTI back in the day. That's twenty, years. and I never used them once. That's really annoying. I and really then I don't took like them it. off. I'm like, wow, it looks so much better without the them. Roof rack I sold your brother. Oh yeah, I think he tried to put it. He put it on and then decided the it was kind of lame. Yeah. It's it's a tough look. Yeah. It's it I don't know. It has to be almost like a really stock utilitarian looking car. Yeah. And it works like if you use it. Like I I was I was into sourcing a roof wrap for the 944 just so I could bring a bike to Radwood. Oh yeah, you never brought your bike. No, because I don't have a way to bring it. <laughs> That's uh, right. So I was thinking that just for that, but then you're kind of like and I thought it would be cool to have a roof rack, but I'd want one of the trays to carry a full-size spare and stuff on the rally. Right. Because that's actually functional. Because I would like to have a cookie cutter, like, full-size spare with a good tire on it. Mm-hmm. Toe hooks. And, it, cause, and I have a shitty one. Oh, toe hooks? Toe hooks. That's a good call. Yeah. That's so annoying, dude. Toe so hooks stupid. on a car that's never been on track. <sighs> never will go. And even a car that goes on track. You take uh, that shit off you when you're done. Literally, you, you screw a toe hook in. And you have one in your toolkit, it takes and you, you can. It minute. takes a minute, and then you can. You yeah, it's bullshit. Yeah, it's bullshit. You can just pop that little cover when you go to the track, when you're at the track. And they should be uh, fabric. Those nylon ones oh, are even better because if you get hit, oh, it doesn't impact, tweak the chassis. Yeah, if you get impact directly on that that tow hook. It can go through. Oh, it's gonna chassis. fuck up your whole chassis. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Actually, the yeah, the like they look like a belt, like a yep. seat belt material. Those are rad. Yeah, I really like those. And how about if you're rocking one of those on the street, and like that has to be some kind of liability. They could probably go after you for that. Oh, like uh, pedestrian or something. Yeah, or? like if you hurt someone or run into some other car and really fuck it up what or about something. This angle, your insurance company doesn't fix your car because, because you had that. It. Yeah. The JDM ones were way worse, dude. The ones in the back, like just for yeah, no reason. Like, oh, yeah. Because, <laughs> so you know, you're not supposed to rock like a a rear, a tow ball on your car. Unless you're towing. Unless you're towing. Oh, you're that. supposed to always take the tow ball out of the receptacle. Yeah. And it also blocks the license plate. But it's for safety, too. Like, if you don't want someone ha- hitting this <laughs> tow ball sticking out, that's so dangerous. I've seen so many accidents where a car gets super fucked up from hitting a toe yeah toe ball and insurance know, company is a hole through i'm maybe. sure you could like real the you could get screwed by the insurance company because you messed up that person's car way worse than you would have if you didn't have that toe, toe ball so that was worst right whether there were supposed to be some good ones in there or are we uh, yeah. have we exhausted this question <laughs> yeah we, we have i mean this would be a good one for our experts in our own opinion but it's almost like there's so many angles to it that all the good shit we talk about on here. <laughs> that's good. Listen, listen to Lawson. That's the best fads the last ten years. Uh, phenomenon. What would be each of your perfect LS swaps? E30, last gen RX7, Boxster, Vanagon. Perfect LS swaps. I kind of like fucking Tom Selleck's Volvo. That's a really cool one. It's rear wheel drive. It's got a big engine bay. It needs a good motor and power. Yeah. If it had a manual transmission, I'd be all in. Which, I mean, a little little more cash and arts yeah. swaps over here. He'll fucking flip T-56. that shit. T-56. Hit me up, Tom. Thomas, sorry. Yeah, Tomas. <laughs> yeah, you're right. That's mm. hard to argue with. Yeah. I like... Some I, kind I, of sedan, right? 
And Phenomenon has a 914. Is he asking hmm. for a friend kind of thing? No. I'm just thinking more like I like the sleeper element here. Like, I mean... Yeah. 944 came to mind but like i want i would want to do something that's just out there. like you know like drew's volvo volvo like everybody loves that drew's thing volvo and v90 like, wagon and it's a heavy car to begin with you know sturdy heavy car and then it can handle 500 horsepower yeah throw it at it yeah v90 wagon rear wheel drive and, and just a manual understated it's oh, such a rad rad van that's rad a rad wagon that's a really cool one uh, but yeah, that's all that comes to mind. Just something, something that is is a sleeper, basically, right? Mm-hmm. Like I definitely would not want to do it to an RX-7, even though that's the default thing to do. I will get one, and I'm gonna rotary it. To death. Well, yeah, I kind of feel like it ruins the nature of having an RX-7. Yeah. <clears throat> you know. Yeah. And I kind of feel like that more and more about the 944 as well. So I think the 944 swap would be more like the two-liter turbo motor, like Volkswagen. Would you consider a a really well done LS swap nine two eight. No, no, not even. That's I think that's the worst because you're taking a V eight out. Yeah, and the the nine twenty eight V eight's pretty good actually, it's and not expensive to deal with. And it does doesn't have a lot of problems. Yeah, it's just a really good motor. Yeah, um, head gaskets. That's it, right? Nothing the, the for blown head. I gaskets. mean, if you overheat them, yeah, yeah. but they're really yeah they're pretty robust yeah i guess so the, it's like why do you want it and and throwing that in it's like fucking why don't you just go buy a camaro or something I know. like mm-hmm. i just don't it 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 totally ruins 928 for me it's already so american in the way you know it's kind of a muscle car it's this grand touring thing it's like it's just it makes it oh it's so bad yeah <laughs> i'm might... just thinking like because the, the reason the ls is so appealing besides the fact that it is compact and it can make a lot of power and reliably and parts are readily available is that it's all all aluminum and it all and it's got a low center of gravity too yeah. right so like i don't know if that's a benefit in any way so one of the best things about an i-28 too is looking at that engine it's a really cool looking engine it's a very cool engine. and the heads it's almost like a horizontally opposed engine it's like a really wide v yep and those great intake runners and it's just such a cool looking yeah. motor dude and you're ruining that and it has a really cool sound to it too especially yeah like i always say the 16 valve cars sound amazing so let me take that to the next level which would be a car that has a bad engine yeah like a 412 ferrari yeah oh and they have bad transmissions too right Mm. so that's a great call actually but you want a V12 under there. I mean, everyone wants a V12, but if yeah. they don't run... But that's a good call. And you can put a T56 manual in it. Yeah. Or a good auto if you want to go that right. route. And I mean, you could rebuild your... You could put the 12-cylinder on a stand in your garage. <laughs> Just look at <laughs> it. And then you can go rip your fucking 412. Or yeah, dude. Get a carbureted car then. Yeah. 12s? Do the 12s sound that good anyways? They, the Ferraris? Yeah, do they? But they, they're carbureted and you're tinkering mm. and yeah. Yeah. vacuum lines and smog and all that. Yeah, yeah. Twelves are a pretty, pretty bad era. It's also not a like highly regarded car, a no. car anyone's like sacred a touring, about. A touring car, right? Yeah. Anyways, it's not that's a good call. Um, how about? I mean, it's a kind of a no-brainer, but like Brian's C4 Corvette. Oh. Whoa. LS with a with a six-speed. Yeah. Dude, wisdom. you get rid of that shitty transmission. Yeah that he has and you have a, a modern like really powerful engine the chassis are known for having tons of stick yeah that's a good call yeah and how easy is that swap art will do it in an hour i know yeah I'm, <laughs> I, already, I already thought of it actually i can <laughs> kind of sorted uh the boring car guy 
From a driver's perspective, what road legal car have you driven that delivered the most pleasurable driving experience? That's a hard, that's a hard one. Cause how do you, uh, what is a pleasurable driving experience? Says, what about that car makes it stand out above the rest? So the most like, um, all around like best modern sports car that I've driven is a 996 GT3. Mm-hmm. I think that offered like it offered comfort, but also, but razor sharp, you know, handling steering feel was good. Power was really nice revs to 8,000 RPM or whatever it did. Uh, kind of all those elements, but it's also comfortable insulated, you know, had all that kind of stuff going for it. No traction control or anything. So that was kind of like a, the best modern driving car, but then pleasurable kind of like you can go into so many different ways with places. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. You can go pleased by how responsive everything is and how connected you are to the yeah. car or, or how like beautifully how, how put together and yeah. how wafty it is right in there. I mean, how Warren esque it is. How like, yeah. How Warren esque it is. I haven't uh, driven that many like <laughs> high end luxury. Uh, yeah. I remember driving um, CL like uh, Mercedes CLs. Those things I always felt really good driving those. Super nice. Like they're really baller and just. Yeah. I remember the thunk of the door. Everything had that. It was like the end of that Mercedes era. Yeah. Just solid kind of. So you're talking early nineties. Hand hewn. No, this is like uh, what is it? Probably late 90s or something and he's asking he says what road legal car have you driven so i think he's implying that it would be like a, a high-end sports more car. sports car uh, yeah. yeah so gt3 would be my answer for that yeah. one that's a good really and i've driven gt2s and stuff like that um lamborghinis stuff like i mean yeah if, if, yeah that gt3 was kind of like had it had the most of the slow card fast stuff too that we like, like that. you know it's yeah. only 380 horse by no means slow but yeah. uh but yeah I'm surprised that is. Is that someone's Instagram handle? By no means slow. It just sounds right. That does sound good. Going nowhere slow. Is that, that is one? definitely. I'm like going through the Rolodex here. I know. I'm having trouble too. Um, that's a tough one. Lotus Elise. No. Um. Come on, yeah, dude. I don't know, man. That's a tough one. Is is what it's saying, dude? That's, really tough. that's a really tough one. Um, we'll have to come back to that. Mikey B photo. Uh, let's see. We've kind of answered this question, but with Ford no longer making cars for the U.S. market, with the exception of a Fusion and the Mustang, a Fusion. They're not making a Fusion. Will the Focus RS be a worthy collector car? We never answered that, did we? We kind of uh, did. It was yeah. like, oh, guess what's happening? Does that make? Oh, uh, okay. Set it? Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think they made too many of them. Maybe in like 30 years. Although that's what we, everyone has always said about every collectible car. I know. Right? But Mustangs. Yeah, Mustangs. <laughs> 65 no, Mustangs. a really low mileage stock RS in 10 years will look pretty good. Yeah. That's a good 10? I think 10 yeah. is pretty, yeah. You think sooner? After this? I think 20. 20? Okay. I think 10 is doable. I think 10, 10, 10's not that long, dude. I know. But, 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 nothing's gonna happen. but in 10 years, like, look, I think shit's going to go less manual transmission. Yeah. Manual transmission is going to disappear. Just think about what we're looking back at from 2008 and saying, oh, that's collectible. Besides the GT3 RS. But uh, I'm saying a low mileage minty. I know. But I'm just saying, like, it, it takes a long... T- it usually takes more than 10 years 
to like catch up to for that cycle to happen yeah like 10 years is just an older car and like the the like one generation or two generations ago but i I feel uh, the cars i'm bringing trailer that are being offered in these low kind of time capsule examples and i guess they are a little older than 10 yeah they're not 2008s right like i mean m5s and stuff but but those are like 2001s, 2000s. But I feel like you're like that's I feel like we're, we're making a different yeah. leap in 10 years versus the 10 years that we've. True. That's where I feel like I feel like things are going to go like, more electric. Because this is and more, plus Ford stopping yeah. making sedans. So yeah, there's I mean, obviously the last of the the last of the Ford hatches. Yeah. But then you think, oh, did Ford ever? Did they have this hat, great hatch legacy in the United States? Like, that's you know I could see if. Dude, Festivas, bro. Hmm. <laughs> so do you guys think the Honda Civic SI, like the last one will ever catch on because it was the last like NA? Oh, you mean the 2000 one? Not because they were still making an SI now. Oh, they don't make a naturally aspirated one. The last NA one. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So no, because they made those. Because it was ugly. They made those in the last. Yeah, the last generation. That's not interesting enough. I feel like the one, like the 2000, 2000, or 99, Those are 2000, already catching on. Though. Yeah, the EM1. That's an old yeah. car. That's an 18-year-old car. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so you're there. But that is a special motor and like... But yeah, the... I was just going with the last of... But like the thing. 08. Yeah, like basically... Because it was like, the last NA... Yeah. SI, I mean, and now they're turbocharged and stuff. Which, I think they made that to like 2013. Yeah, um, they might have made it until last year, really, right? I don't even know. I haven't been paying attention to those cars. Yeah. <gasps> art those are just they've lost their way man because <laughs> yeah. i think they made an si until you know they still make oh you mean the na one yeah, yeah. i really don't know dude it's definitely uh, a k-series motor thing <laughs> not yeah. interesting to me at all motor fair your ultimate two-car garage one unlimited budget answer one realistic answer and one radwood only answer this has been selected for experts in audible oh perfect Whoa, that's the sound effect for that? It is now. (laughs) I like it. Stay tuned for a uh, YouTube post of our own opinions of this question. Released every Tuesday. Thank you. Because, Joe, I'm about to buy a 500E rad. Complete with car phone and an OG integrated radar. COG, that that means original gangster. Mm -hmm. So original gangster radar. Yeah, 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 all the gangsters have it. Okay. My 928 was equipped with a uh, K40. Yeah. In the in the little ashtray, you'd flip it open. And there would be it was yeah. like wired all killer. All I had with the Rad Stereo had it. Were those both? Sweet. Were they both gangster? or Were they original gangster? You they think? were neither. That's why I'm confused. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> they were neither. <laughs> yeah. It, was, it wasn't original. No, there's no gangster at all. Uh, it'll be a daily driver for a year or so. People keep telling me they're maintenance nightmares, but I've always thought the Mercedes from this era were bulletproof. Dude, they're all bulletproof, bro. Maintenance nightmares. Like I've always said, there's no bad cars, just bad owners. Uh, Yeah, that's what you always say. (laughs) Just Um, the harness, really, right? Oil leaks? Oil leaks. That's it, right? I mean, those two things. Uh, Timing chain can be an issue. Uh Uh-huh. 500E, though. Yeah. Uh, Oil leaks. I mean, that's a special motor, so it's it's probably hard to find parts. Yes, parts are expensive. Um all the body stuff's expensive too like you know window regulators and door locks and kind of stuff starts to add up yeah window switches are not expensive they're just uh you know they have a lot of springs and bearings in them (laughs) i think it's just not a i mean it's old enough too it's just not a daily driver but i think i think it's one of those things too where you 
they're definitely build well and they're robust little things that start going wrong and you don't want to let them go it's a 928 thing it's like yeah it's the it's that old luxury yeah it's all those and that's why those secs are like a pretty used up 928 is cheap yep because they're they need a lot yeah and 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 with both of these cars like you you i know they can be expensive in really good condition and all that but try to buy the absolute best one you can afford because keep that reason ready the other question is what's body work look like on a thing like that those fenders oh yeah or yeah yeah they're unique yeah where do you find those but i'm glad you're doing it because joe um and he goes on to say it has 200,000 plus miles. Oh, boy. But it's super clean and seems to be mechanically solid as well. Actually, seems to be. I don't mind that. I'd rather it be, if you have a stack of receipts and 200K, I'd rather have that than Hell yeah. and 100K. Yep. Dude, totally. So, I agree. Go for it, dude. Um, yeah, that means it's it's been driven and well-maintained. It's probably gone through like it. it's, you know, you might be only 50,000 miles in on this new alternator or something like that. So. That's a podcast. Thank you for joining us. El podcasto. Goodbye. El podcastito. I think it's it's usually yeah, yeah. a is it a yeah no but it could be or it could be no yeah I don't know well totally no. totally maybe probably but <laughs> maybe kinda no yeah yeah or am I, is it just me being like swift on my toes just in case I need to pivot is that what's happening what are you, a politician <laughs> pivot. <laughs>